So before we get started, I want to say thank you so much for being here and happy 2020. And this is it, y'all. This is the year. This is the year that you can elevate your life and finally make those changes that I know you've been wanting to make for a long time. So if you are ready to shift your mindset so you can get through any of life's challenges, if you want to gain confidence and clarity on your goals, and finally, I mean, finally have a wellness routine that actually works with your lifestyle and keeps your body healthy and thriving, then you're in the right place. It's called your Unstoppable Life Master Course. And I've been so excited to share it with you because I know the only time I've ever been able to reach a goal is when I've had the right mindset and I've had accountability. So I'm going to be with you every step of the way in weekly live private webinars, Q&A sessions, you'll have community support, exclusive resources curated for you to have on hand as a guide along the way. What else? There's daily affirmations. There's going to be a move of the day, a dance challenge. You'll get my book, a downloadable journal, and you'll be part of a private Facebook group. So transform your life, really transform it, activate your highest potential. You deserve to boldly shine your light. Head over to AmberlyLago.com and sign up now. And I can't wait to see you in the course. Welcome to True Grit and Grace, a podcast designed to empower you to claim your resilience and thrive through life's challenges. I am Amberly Lago, a mindset coach, fitness expert, and best-selling author. Each week, I'll dive deep with the world's brightest thought leaders and elite performers to share tangible tools and practical advice to inspire you to keep your eyes on the prize and forge ahead. So get ready to conquer your fears, heal any trauma, lead with your heart, and elevate your life with grit and grace. Hi, and welcome to another episode of True Grit and Grace. I'm Amberly, your host, and I'm so excited about the guest today. Oh my goodness, I have a treat for y'all because I am sitting here with, I am not kidding, you are the goddess of love, you are a (laughs) spiritual badass, but there's so many things that you do. I mean, you have founded the Soul Circle, Collect. Mm -hmm. it's Soul Circle Collective, but you do hypnotherapy, you do life coaching, executive coaching, Mm -hmm. and you're an expert in digital media marketing, which... I think you have to throw a little NLP in there. Oh, yes. (laughs) And I want to talk to you more about that. I want to know what exactly what that is. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Ah, Sarah Delane. Thank you. I'm so excited. I just love you. I love connecting with you. The moment that we met, I was like, this is a sister. Yes, (laughs) I know. The moment that I met you, I feel like I've known you my whole life. And even when you were were recording in my home and we're sitting in my little tiny Mm -hmm. office, And the minute you walked in the door, I feel like you're just my sister. Mm -hmm. Like I've known you forever. There's so many amazing things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you first, yeah, how did you get into 
really teaching other people how to create their own love story, not only with others, but really with themselves. Because I think that's so important, especially for a lot of people listening, because I know for me, I went through a period where I really hated myself. I hated (laughs) it. I was like, I hated the way I looked. I didn't feel good enough. I was like all these limiting beliefs. And it's hard when you're in that position. But I wanted to talk to you about how did you get into learning how to do all that? How do you even do that? Probably through hating myself. (laughs) Well, I think those are the best teachers through those experiences that we do, we learn. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, even in the, it's kind of a sadistic joke a little bit, but it's like, even in the process of learning yourself, you have those days where you're like, okay, I'm really working on self-love. You know, I love myself. I love myself. Fuck. I hate myself still. (laughs) It's like the human side where you're like really trying to keep it going and keeping it positive. And sometimes you really just have to honor where you're at and just really accept where you're at. That's why I kind of say it's like step one is acceptance. Yeah. Like if you're in a space where I think so. Yeah. If you're like, okay, I'm trying to be something that I'm not, I'm trying to feel something that I don't, then you're in resistance to where you are and you're already setting yourself up to just keep spiraling that loop. So where did it start? Like where I kind of shifted into, hey, there's a better way. Yeah. (laughs) How did you shift? Because I know that you did something completely different before. Mm. You were an actress. You were, you know, lived your life on the red carpet and you did something totally different before you just really had a spiritual awakening, yeah. really. And then... And talk about an industry that really brings out your favorite qualities about yourself. <laughs> I'm sure, yes. I it's mean, highly I, competitive. I just look, I've got goosebumps your... right Aww. now because that is for sure. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, sponsored by Nike and I was nationally, you know, yeah. known Where as you? a coach. And, yeah. yeah, and, you know, I did TV and commercials yeah. and videos. Yeah, and then... After my accident, when I was completely scarred up and hated myself, it was like I had to still learning to love myself. It's a daily. It's a daily. Yeah. But that industry had to be really tough being on camera and on set all the time. Yeah. So what was really going on that, you know, I haven't talked too much about, you know, I've kind of just like alluded to it's like, yeah, I lived with my grandmother, you know, and that was probably one of the most difficult parts of that time in my life. I was 13, you know, and yet looking back on it now, you know, I don't play into the victim side of it anymore, you know, but it was very much, she was beautiful on the outside. There was a lot of things that she was dealing with. She was very much narcissistic. She was very much, she didn't like herself, you know, and so she really needed to project that out. And being a 13 year old, I mean, I was living with her so that I could get to act and, you know, go to these auditions and follow that dream and that just sort of adventurous lifestyle. So I got to choose that that's where I wanted to stay. You know, my parents were supportive of it. And at the same time, I mean, she was a pinup girl in the war and she was an actress. And so with her combination of wanting to guide me yet from her sort of not so much in a healthy way, everything was about like, drilling it in. Like it had to get it perfect. I had to keep doing it and keep running lines. Like she would make me run lines over and over and over again. It's like, you better do it right this time. You better like, 
So it was this whole thing of, you know, nothing was ever good enough. Nothing yeah. was ever perfect enough down to even just that sort of lifestyle, you know, of where I was living and how I was living with her. I mean, if the salt shaker was like here versus there, like that was my fault. Like there was always a problem, right? I never knew when she would sort of snap. So, so we're sort of walking on eggshells. Tough <laughs> on your self-worth. Like as long as you got everything right and everything looked a certain mm-hmm. way, then you were good enough and things were good. Did that play until your- there until there wasn't something good enough until there was something else wrong? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Always. Always. Well, that perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So did that play on my insecurities a lot more? I remember being sort of that kid where I was always the rebellious, rambunctious one, right? I was always the one who was going to like speak my truth. I was going to stand up for myself, you know? You and me both. That's why I got out of Texas. I was like, I don't fit in here. (laughs) Exactly. I never felt like I fit in anywhere. I was never the cool girl. I was never... Like you were I, never the cool I was girl never the and cool you girl. looked like the coolest girl. Like That's everybody awesome. would want to sit at your lunch table. But isn't that <laughs> no, interesting though, that like you were never the cool girl. Never and cool I mean, girl. you guys that are listening. They made fun of me. They wanted to fight me. Oh my God. Do you think it's because they were jealous of you? I hate that statement. I got to be so real. I think that that's such a cop-out statement. We use or that. Or do you think they were just mean? So... I'll say it this way. (laughs) When we're growing up, we're operating from learned behavior, Mm -hmm. right? So that's either behavior that they learn from other girls or learn maybe from their home, or it's a sort of expression on how they think they need to show up, right? Which part of, for me, being what I call a cycle breaker, right? And even being a conscious lifestylist, like living your life consciously is to breaking those cycles on how we're treating each other as early of an age as we can. But looking at it from an outside perspective now, it's like, okay, well, that was learned behavior. Mm -hmm. So whatever they were thinking, honestly, I don't know if it had to do with jealousy. Yeah. I think it was, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that learned behavior and breaking the cycle. Yeah. And I know that's what you do a lot of is like looking at those patterns and breaking those patterns. And I remember growing up thinking to myself, when I get married, that's not the kind of marriage I'm going to have. Exactly. When I get married and I have kids, my kids are not going to yep. beat on each other. Like yep. my siblings beat mm-hmm. on me. And like, mm-hmm. there were so many things. And then when I grow up, I'm not going to be an alcoholic. And I will not do some of the things that yeah. people in my family are doing. And so I didn't, but yeah. I didn't realize yeah, I was... <laughs> Well, but it caught up to me. Yeah, it was well, waiting. It was yeah. waiting there and it caught mm-hmm. up to me when I was stuck in a hospital bed and I didn't have any tools to deal with all these feelings. That's key. It's the tools. And it's the tools. Yep. And I didn't have any. And so my solution was, well, I'll drink. It was well, self-medicating. Self-medicating is a tool suppressing and kind of hiding mm-hmm. it is a tool it's not the healthiest tool it worked until it, it didn't well yeah and <laughs> it worked that's where until it didn't exactly you know but we honestly it's like you have to look at that and say okay well when you don't have healthy tools you go to either what we see others doing right learn behavior or 
just the easiest thing to just shut off. Shut off is what I want to do. That is a tool. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like I said, it's not the healthiest a tool. You'll suppress what's going on as opposed to really transmuting it and releasing it. And then I feel like when we suppress the trauma that's gone on in our life, it will always show up. It will show up. manifest in all different areas. Whether it comes out in our relationships, in Mm -hmm. the way we parent, in the Mm -hmm. way we choose what we do for our careers, how we view ourselves, it comes up and it's horrible. That's why I guess, you know, when I say, when I really came up with like, oh, it's, you know, what I do is, you know, or the broadest sense of the word of what I do is helping people write a new love story right? That love story starts with you. Like your relationship with you is the one that sets the tone with all others. Mm -hmm. And we have relationships with everything. So whether we're talking about romantic relationships or business relationships or whatever, like people say like, oh, so you do relationship stuff. So you do couples. It's like, no, there's nothing wrong. I don't see anything wrong with relationship, right? Like the container of a relationship, there's nothing wrong with it. It's how two people or three, how many people are in it, right, are relating to each other and how that behavior based on their subconscious belief systems and programs and, you know, learned aspects are what they're bringing to the table and what they're bringing to the table, then how they're relating with each other. So do you help people see those programs that they may not even know that they're... Okay. Yeah. I like to think that my style of, I don't even really like the word coach because I always associate coach with like, cheerleading and like accountability. And that's amazing. There's nothing, you're right. We still need that. For me, what I needed (laughs) to sort of reprogram myself, I was like, I need something tangible. I started doing transformational work and going to seminars and all that stuff starting at 25, right? So I've been in the game for a little bit, but I was like, it's one thing to learn it and have the experience of it. I wanted to learn the actual practical tools that then I could put into play every single day. You know, you Mm -hmm. mentioned really needing those tools. And so if you don't, you have alcohol. Mine was drugs at 13 coming out from my grandmother. Like I got way into drinking every night and alcohol and drugs and everything. That was my self-medicating, not the healthiest tool. Mm -hmm. So to me, I was like, I need something that I can like tangibly do, like the big how. Yeah, (laughs) It's like everything is a concept. Okay, great. Write a new love story. That's awesome. But how? How? Give and me the step-by-steps. Give me something I can use every single day. I love that because I didn't really think about how I was yeah. able to be resilient yeah. day in and day out living with chronic pain yeah. until one of my best friends was like, how do you do it, yeah. Amberly? How do you Doctor said you were going to be in a wheelchair forever. And how do you go to these Mm -hmm. events? How do you work and train clients? How do you do that? You need to figure out what you do every day. And that's when I started to take a look at, well, what are the things that I do every day? Yeah. And I think that's important because then you can not only teach other people. Yeah. But you need to. But you can walk your your own talk. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. And that's what I have to do. And now. Yeah. My husband calls me out on stuff. Like yes. he will be like, because I do an, an acting right there. He calls me yes. out. He's like, you're leaving this part out. You're leaving this tool out. Good. And as much as sometimes I partner. hate to hear that, I'm like, no, okay, but it's, the truth. it's the truth. And he will always say, the truth hurts. <laughs> but it'll set you free too. It will. It will set you free. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as like how our 
at least, I mean, see if this resonates for you, right? It's like, what I discovered also for myself is that I wanted understanding. I wanted mm-hmm. to know not just how, but I wanted to know why I was doing the things I was doing. I wanted to know these sort of inner workings. I was always fascinated with really understanding like true human behavior. Like, well, why is it that I wanted to suppress those emotions? And so I led to that. Like, why did my life turn out to be this way? Why yeah. did I attract that relationship dynamic into my life? Mm-hmm. I really had the like, I need to understand why my life is the way that it is. Yeah. And so then I can take that power back, right? And say, and then okay, also not make the same and mistake. Not make, but if I don't know why and I don't know how, then I'm going to keep repeating the same, you know, we call it a mistake or we call it a nice, wonderful lesson from yeah, the universe yeah. that keeps repeating. But yeah, I feel like what we need as humans is like, we really need that understanding of like why we are the way that we are. Mm-hmm. So a big part of what I love to offer is really those two pieces. It's like, okay, I'm going to explain to you why you're doing the shit you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Subconsciously, Mm -hmm. right? Why your subconscious programs and patterns are running like this. And then now that you understand why, and you got like sort of a grasp on like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. You have those sort of like epiphanies and awarenesses. Now it's like, okay, cool. Now here, I'm going to teach you how to shift that pattern and what you can put into place every single day so that you're like, actually, it's like going to the gym. Yeah. That's exactly what I say yeah. about building your resilience or strengthening your resilience. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. you have to do every, every single day. day. It's not like, okay, I got that resilience tool down and I'm good to go. It's like, no, you have to do it every single day. Because our subconscious doesn't work that way. We have habitual behavior. Habitual behavior is the thing that you do subconsciously or unconsciously. Mm-hmm. It's like you wake up in the morning, like the first thing you do, you're like, okay, go use the restroom, brush the teeth, maybe make the coffee or the mm-hmm. tea or whatever. You don't have to sit there and think about it. Excuse me. Like breathing also, right? It's Uh like you don't think about that. There's things happening that you don't have to think about, Mm -hmm. right? You don't think about rolling out of bed. Actually, maybe you did it once rolling out of bed and having to think about walking. Yeah. That might have been really difficult for you at that time. You probably had to put a lot of attention to that. Actually, I still do. You still do. I wake up differently. I've had to redo everything. I had to redo everything. You had to redo everything. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect example because when the majority of us are waking up and we're just rolling out of bed and we walk. Yeah. But that I love that that's such a beautiful, what not a just analogy, but reality for yeah, you. That like is. you had to actually say, okay, let me, you know, I don't know how it was for you, but like clearly not step on like the lay, like you had to step in a specific way mm-hmm. and bring all of your conscious awareness to that every single day. In yeah. a new way. But it's That's amazing. when it turns into habitual behaviors. When you keep repeating then the positive that you want that overrides all the negative times that you've been running a behavior that you didn't want. And what you're saying really makes me think about, you know, it's really empowering mm-hmm. what you're saying mm-hmm. because it shows people they have a choice. That is biggest power. Yeah. But if you don't know why, you don't know how, you don't have choice. Yeah. And that's the thing that I tell you all the time. You have choice. You can choose. But see, they, not everybody knows. Like you can say that, but. But they're like, well, how do I choose? How do I choose? This is my situation. How do I choose? So from where they're standing, they don't feel like. Is they don't have choice. Yeah. So for you to be like, you can choose, but they're like, but no, I can't. It's like literally being like up against a wall and a rock. You're like, I can't choose. I don't have choice. I'm up against this and I'm up against that. Mm -hmm. So you're like, no, you can choose. 
But their perspective from where they're they're at, they don't. They're stuck. Well, when they're stuck, what would you say to them? If there's somebody stuck, for instance, I have a lot of people that Mm. reach out to me that have a lot of chronic pain and they feel stuck. A lot of them are, they feel stuck. They're in a wheelchair or they're in too much pain to even stand up. And they feel like they're stuck because they, and a lot of times they see me working out and they're like, well, how are you working out? Because I can't do that. I can't stand up. What would you tell somebody about having choices that is in that situation where they feel like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place? Totally. And honestly, that relates to me so much. Just I've never felt comfortable in my body because there was always pain. Ever since and I was a little girl, we all, we all, have, we all pain. have pain and obviously different varying degrees. Right. And uh-huh. so not to discount where anybody's pain is, but ever since I was a little girl, like my leg was born crooked. Right. And so the whole right side of my body, like my hip is a little bit off. And so I would have excruciating, aching pain in my legs that my mom had to massage my legs oh, just wow. so I could go to sleep. I was like crying my eyes out at like, I think it was like starting at five or at least maybe before that. I don't remember, but it was literally, I would always have this pain. And then growing up, I call it empath belly now. Right. So I would always get stomach aches. I was taking on other people's emotions. Yeah. And I would get chronic where it's just like either burning or like, it feels like you're intent. Like you just want to bend over and just like cry your eyes out. And you're just like, why? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. So pain, I'm, I have a very interesting relationship with that. But that's and being thing. in the we body and not wanting have, to be. We all have pain. Growing up, I was yes. taught and you don't express it. You suck it up. You cowgirl up and yeah, yeah. don't, you know, and then a lot of us yeah. are taught that. Look at the commercials that used to be on, like, never let them see you sweat. And it's if you want to, my yeah. grandmother, when I cried about someone, when she was like bullying me and all that stuff. And then she was like, why are you crying? Only babies cry. Stop crying. Like and, I that day, I was like, I'm never going to cry in front of anybody. And I did the same thing. My stepfather abused me. And then uh, he would also emotionally abuse me and try to break me down. And when I would cry, he mm-hmm. would say, see, I knew I'd get you. I made you cry. Like it was just evil. And so now that I have kids. Yeah. My husband is a retired lieutenant and uh-huh. he was in the Navy before that. And yeah. he's Mr. Tough Guy. And talk about not being able to cry. Yeah. The first time I ever saw him cry, I think was after my accident. But when our daughter cries a lot with, there's this crazy thing because he's like, why are you crying, Ruby? Ruby, why are you crying? And I'm like, Ruby, you cry. <laughs> you just let it out, girl. You just let it out. And so. I don't know. She's going to need a lot of therapy right. when she grows up. <laughs> like, that's a little like, God, mom, dad, mom, what's right, yeah, what do I do? do? Yes. And then she's got her horse trainer. We're all so messed be, up. I know. <laughs> and then she's I have got to her, laugh at it. We have I to know, bring right? her to how, yes. It's like pretty crazy. In fact, actually, when I had nurses that were coming to the house every day when I was still in the hospital yeah. bed. They would always be like, you guys need like your own reality show because this is really crazy over here. You can't buy buy drama for that. You can't plan that drama. This is crazy. You can't write a reality script that's any better than human (laughs) fucked upness. Oh man. Yeah, right? Yes. So all that to say, we get it, right? When it comes to pain in the body. So 
I would say, right, like it's one of the worst ones. I'll be real, right? Like the human side, it's like when you have physical pain, that is such a reality. Mm -hmm. That is such a, like there is validation there, Mm -hmm. right? You're like, okay, I can try to, you know, positive mantra my way out of that one. You're like, no, I am still in physical pain. I still feel it, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll seek for the evidence, right? To try to be right about something, to keep creating the reality, Mm -hmm. right? That feels sort of safe, even if it hurts. And so that's a real reality. Like you're in physical pain. It's tangible, right? And so that is one of the hardest things to sort of shift out of Mm -hmm. because you have such a convincer that is physical. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And that we have labels on us that doctors have given us, that we give ourselves and that people yes. listen to. Oh yeah, now you have, have IBS or now you have Crohn's or now you have, right? That's and all the so, stomach and stuff. And you let or, it define you. And, and you, you let it you, define you. Become, you become that. Yeah, and that's what fucks us up even more mm-hmm. because now we associate our identity. I call it a false identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, so on some level, right? We can say, yes, you created that, right? But on another level, it's like, okay, well, these labels are being told to you. And it's like, well, where are we challenging our own Labels that others put on us, that society puts on us, that we put on ourselves, Mm -hmm. that family dynamics or relationship dynamics that we take on. We need to be challenging our own labels and stereotypes. Yeah. That's a whole other breaking the cycle. Oh, yeah. I had a guy that I dated because I was divorced. He said, well, you're damaged goods. He actually said I was damaged goods because I was divorced. That was the end of us. I wonder how perfect he was. (laughs) Right. Oh, that was the end. That was the end. I was like, oh, we're done. We're done. But it still hurt. Of course it did. Then I still thought. And did you take it on? Yeah, I took it on for a little bit. It's hard. And I think that a lot of times, you know, we can try to be positive and people can tell us nice things all day Uh and we can try to do those positive mantras or tell ourselves nice things. And then all it takes is one person saying, oh, did you gain a little weight? You know, the people that we care most about their opinion of us. So you cared what he thought of you. So if we're in that space of caring what other people think of us, which a lot of us are. Right. I mean, especially being an actress in the industry, like I cared a lot yeah. <laughs> about what people, what casting directors, what directors, what roles that was your playing, what livelihood. That was my life. Absolutely. That one it still comes up every once in a while. I bet it does. But we care what other people think. And then, yeah, it takes those people that then can say the tiniest little thing. And so I started doing this thing. This is like a quick little sort of trick or hack or, you know, kind of technique I tool love or whatever. Bring yeah. it. Bring it. So. Because we're talking about rewriting, right? So I came up with this thing called Stop, Drop, Love. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. I have seen because I totally stalk your Instagram. (laughs) You guys, if you're not following her on Instagram, (laughs) Sarah Delane, you got to follow her because... Not just follow, stalk. Stalk. You got to stalk her. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, because you've got good stuff. Thank you. And I saw a lot of people that... Not only you talk about it, but yes. there are a lot of people. It's something that people are using. Yes. And you have seen them post it in their yep. stories. And yep. yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, tell hey, me about it. Like, tell me like when you do it, like tell me like what it is. You know, and I've got, I love getting the messages where they're like, I use Stop Drop Love like every single day. And like, it really works. And 
Yeah, it's so simple. So it's based on, right, when we were little, right? And you remember that fire drill commercial? Stop, 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 stop drop, love. Yeah. Oh, roll. It was stop, That's, drop, right. Stop, drop, love. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Stop, drop, roll. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So similar principle, right? If you're in a loop or if you, let's say this person said this to you, right? And now you're like, oh, however that made you feel in that moment, stop whatever belief system you were making it mean about yourself. Stop whatever, like challenge it. Stop whatever. If you're in a negative thought process, mm. right? And looping, right? Because I did feel yeah. as a kid mm-hmm. being abused. Yep. I did feel like damaged goods. Yeah. And I did. I had worked so hard to try to build yeah. my self-worth up. And for him to say that, it brought me back to that little girl yes. that I was, that broken little girl. Exactly. And that's where then part of that trauma is. I mean, Trauma is such an intense word, but you know, it's a trigger point. Mm-hmm. And so bringing you back to that moment. So if in that moment, when he says that to you, right, instead of sort of taking that on and then reverting back to that, how you felt at a young age, right? You could have said like, wait a second, like, let me just stop. Let me challenge this. Let me drop into like my heart. Let me drop into my like divine essence, mm-hmm. you know? For when I work with clients, I do this thing called emotional alignment. So there's a sort of another part to this. So for, you know, people who've worked with me, I say drop into your emotional alignment, Mm -hmm. right? Which is something we've anchored into their physical body, a positive emotional state. So I'd be like, okay, drop into your emotional alignment. But for you, it would be like, okay, stop whatever you're making it mean in that moment. Drop into your heart, into your truth, into your highest version of yourself, Mm -hmm. and then choose now from there. That's the choice point, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you're stuck between a rock and a hard place and you're making it mean that you're not good enough, you're going to choose something that's further away from love. You're going to choose something that doesn't feel empowering. You're going to choose something that is more on a victim mindset. I did that for years. I would pick the same guy Mm -hmm. and I'd be, oh, but this one's different. But I always said, well, they were the same, but they were wearing a different costume. You know, this one's an athlete, but he's still an asshole. Yeah. This one's a musician, but he's really an asshole. Like I would just. (laughs) You upgraded asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I was just upgrading asshole. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I upgraded narcissist. Yeah. Oh, I've had that too. Yeah. Yeah. Grammy was a narcissist, right? So it's like. But I needed to learn what those patterns were, but I attracted those. So this is where I get to take my power back because if I'm in victim mode, right, which I played really well, right? Actress, drama queen, best at it. Oscar worthy. Okay, <laughs> great at playing that role. And I needed to like break up with my inner drama queen Yeah. in order to then say, wait a second, I'm giving all my power away. I need to take my power back. And in taking my power back, I can say, okay, in this moment, like, I attracted that because of how I learned love relationship dynamics or relating with grandma, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so if I learned that that's love on a subconscious level, yeah. then now I'm going to attract the same type of thing God. to try to play that out. And then Unless even if I you don't write the story, it happens. You don't even realize you're doing it. Because it's still a subconscious program, mm-hmm. you know, because people like the whole self-love thing. It's like, yes, you got to love yourself, but you also have to know like what I call the shadow side to self-love because as we learned, right? Love would look toxic. Mm -hmm. That's how we learned love. And even though like at the time, I'm curious to know how you felt, but for me as a little girl, I thought 
this can't be right. Now, I don't know how a dad is supposed to love a little girl, but this doesn't seem like it should be. So that's a perfect statement because exactly, we don't know. And all we know as souls that come down here to learn love, and then we learn love through being shown by these people that we trust. trust. Exactly. And so we're like, okay, I don't know what love is, but I guess since I'm supposed to learn, since that's my teacher, since they're the superior, they're the adult, and I'm uh-huh. supposed to hear, I'm learning love, and that's what it looks, okay, it doesn't feel right, but okay, right, and we're so, we're a sponge mm-hmm. when we're, you know, five to seven to six years old, we're just absorbing, that's all we're doing, we're watching and absorbing mm-hmm. how love is given, and so that's why, like, none of this is anybody's fault, and it's like, if we're not learning these tools, then yes, we will continue to pass these generational programs on until somebody is like, Mm-mm, cycle stops here. Yeah, like that's powerful. <laughs> oh my God, I just got goosebumps when you said that. Cycle stops, stops here. here. Yes, I love that. Done. Yeah. So yeah. Now let me ask you, when you were like, I, the cycle stops here, yeah. I am going to really transform myself. You really transformed yourself yeah. emotionally, spiritually, mentally, right? in every way. Did you have resistance around that from people around in your transforming? Life? Yeah. Like okay, people, yeah. people like in your life. Like self-resistance or other? No, okay. from others, like people that were close to you, whether they were family members, whether it was your grandmother, whether it was your mom or dad, yeah. did you feel like you had some resistance around that? So I'll explain it this way. One, didn't have any resistance to grandma. She died three years after I left. Oh, wow. So I was okay with that. I made peace with it. I went to the funeral, you know, and all that stuff. And I've done a lot of work around that. As far as the resistance from other people, I feel like I had a whole near-death experience. I sort of reframed into Kundalini awakening the night that I took a magic carpet ride. So it's like, I didn't almost, right? We got to reframe how we see things. I didn't want to always associate with, oh, that night you almost died because you did too much blow. And like, you know what I mean? Like that's the old version of me I was moving on from. So what it gave me was a full Kundalini awakening. It gave me this opportunity to like ride on this magic carpet, you know, and have this whole experience. Yeah. So I've reframed it into a positive, but what happened is that's my life alchemy. Really, like you, that's alchemy. Yeah. You are that's an emotional alchemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's or mind all, and emotional. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It's all perception and how you choose to look Absolutely. at the situation. Yeah. And you've taken something and come out of it. You don't have that victim mentality. No. At all. That's part of also writing a new love story. You can actually go into past experiences and you can literally rewrite it on a subconscious level so that you associate it in a completely different way. Mm. Still keeping the lessons that it's given you to this point, right? Because it happened for a reason. You get a positive, you get an amazing character aspect of, you know, maybe that like one that can really persevere and charge through things. Like that's a positive characteristic that you want to be able to keep that you've gotten from something that could be called negative for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you can go back in the past and you can rewrite something at the same time as keeping that positive character quality and positive lesson that you learned. And I think that's huge. I think it's huge for people to get that because even, you know, with my accident in this whole true grit and grace show to share what could be a tragedy, but turned into a triumph 
and share struggles to success totally. because I feel like nowadays it's really easy to look on line on social media mm -hmm. or whatever and think, oh, everything looks so easy. And if people see you, they're like, oh my God, she's so beautiful and she has it all together and she's got all these tools, but this they is don't. disguise for oh. my nerdy self. <laughs> <laughs> but you are truly like a goddess. You glow and Thank beautiful you. on the inside and out. But you have gone through some really tough times mm -hmm. and a lot of self-growth to get here. And because you've done that, I think yeah. it's easier for people to learn from you. For me, anyway, I like to learn from people who have gone through the hard times yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been there, too. And yeah. this is how you can get through it. This is how Absolutely. I did it. And it works and it will work for you. Yeah. And to me, honestly, it's like it doesn't matter what anybody looks like. It's about who you are, but then it's about who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. Well, I wish everybody thought that way. Mm -hmm. We're in a city, especially. We're in a stereotype culture. Yes, where yeah. it is. But I know, like I, growing up, there was a friend of mine. She was married to the Stetson Man, which oh, was the Stetson Man was like the most gorgeous cowboy on TV. Like, oh, he was okay, called okay. the Stetson Man. <laughs> he was gorgeous. <laughs> but when I got to meet him. Oh. He was not attractive not gorgeous at, at all. all because yeah. it all comes from, for me, from how somebody is on yeah. the inside. And that is mm -hmm. their true inner Absolutely. Beauty. I mean, it was similar with my grandmother. Like she was a pinup girl. She was gorgeous, beautiful all the way into 70 years old. Like she was beautiful, but like how she approached life and how she treated people didn't make her attractive uh -huh. at all. So like, it doesn't matter what anybody looks like. That's almost the facade, mm -hmm. you know, that we can almost be like, oh, just because they look this way, they must be this, this or this. It's mm -hmm. like, I am here. I will break every stereotype that there is. Like, that's part of being a cycle breaker too. It's like, don't think that just because something looks a certain way. Oh yeah, that for sure. It, not everything that sparkles is gold. <laughs> that's exactly right. So kind of come in full circle. We were into stop, drop, love. And then you said, oh, if I had any chat, like, did I get resistance from other people? I think, you know, kind of on that same topic, it's like people expected me to stay being this sort of actress. And I put so much time in. I was like a successful 15 years at that point, by the time I kind of took a hiatus, you know, and it was successful. Like I did national commercials. I was on television. I did indie movies, you know, wow. all of that stuff. So it was fun and I love it. I love the art of it. Uh -huh. And at the same time, I had this other part of me, this like heart calling. It was like a heart screaming. It was like, you need to go discover, like you need to go realign with yeah. yourself. I was running away from myself and I didn't need anybody to understand that. And not a lot of people understood what I was going through. A lot of them thought I was losing my mind. I probably was. You know, I do, I do say, I was like, I totally did. I lost my mind. I found my heart. Like I found, you know, I found that like inner guidance that maybe not a lot of us listen to because it's that subtle voice. It's not the loudest ego voice that is like, you better do this. You better, it wasn't my grandma. <laughs> yeah. Like better do this, better stay perfect, better, you know, I didn't want to listen to that voice anymore. And so that heart voice started getting louder and louder. And I was like, okay, I'm being called to go on this journey of a deeper self-discovery. I had this whole Kundalini awakening. I was all of a sudden clairvoyant and like everything all at once. And I was like, I need to like, just quiet and figure out what each one is. It was all yeah. happening. 
And so, yeah, there were a lot of people that didn't understand why I was doing that. They didn't understand. They were like, this was not a popular thing, especially in the industry at that time. Now, right? Yoga, metaphysical conversations, right? Meditation, now, all yeah, of it is so popular. Rage exactly. Now, yeah. At the time, they're like, you're going on a spiritual, huh? Like you're going to drum, you're going to drum. What are you doing? Yeah. Is there a shaman? Like, what are you doing? Like, it was weird. Yeah. And now it's totally normal for me to go in a tent and oh, yeah. meditate and do a sound bath with and do a, a wizard. Sound. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do that every week. I know. <laughs> so, yes, I got a little bit of like, well, what are you doing, Sarah? And how come, you know, why are you doing this? And you have this successful career. And like, they didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like they were getting more stressed out about it than I was. And yeah. I'm like, it's not your life. Good for you. It's not your soul that's calling you. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't need anybody. And yeah, some people got mad at me because they felt like I was leaving them or that I didn't, you know, check in with them or I didn't sort of, you know, kind of explain. And I'm like, I don't even know how to explain this to myself yet. I'm figuring it out. Like, let me figure it out and just be support. Can you be support? You're not support. That's cool. Okay. I still love you. But like, I still got to do this. But my parents were supportive. They were like, I've had it. But they were always supportive about yeah. like, she'll land on her feet. Like I've always. So it was really discovering your purpose. And that's one of the things that people reach out to me a lot. But I, no I wasn't asking that. I had no idea what that meant. I wasn't like, I need to go find my purpose. But that's now what a lot that. of people say what you're describing is what other people might say, oh, you were discovering your purpose or, you know, and I feel like there's so many your purpose is the alignment with the highest version of you. That's where I feel like people think that your purpose is something that you do. Mm -hmm. Your purpose mm -hmm. is not something that you do. Your purpose is what you align to. It's that ultimate reconnection with you and the unification and the integration of the highest version of you or the highest version of consciousness into you. We still associate our higher self as something outside of us. Mm. It's not outside of us. It's fully, when you embody all of it and integrate with it, you're like, I'm it. If you're bringing in information or if you're channeling it in, you know, that tap doesn't have to be open all the time, but it's still something within you. You braid it in with you. What you do from that state of embodiment is just the action expressing itself from your purpose. I love that. Like you writing a book. That's what you did with you embodying your purpose. Like, so your purpose is like, it's the ultimate reconnection. And it's interesting because I'll have people ask me a lot. Well, what is how your do, purpose? Yeah. What how is do your I, purpose? How do I find my purpose? Or how do I find my purpose? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and find your purpose by following the path back to you. Yes, I love that. Can you just say that again? <laughs> what did I say? You find your, your purpose, purpose by following the path back to you. Sometimes I say stuff and I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, because I've never thought of, when I'm thinking about, I've never had to think, this is what my purpose is, or I'm looking for my purpose. I've never done that. I've never if thought that. If you're looking, because if you think about it, now you're looking again, we do this outside so of yourself, outside of yourself. You think you're going to find the answers in the next book and the next YouTube video and the next, you know, whatever. But that's what a lot of people think. Exactly. But then I guess it comes back again to the tools on you 
becoming your highest self because it's the path back to you. You're not going to find it. You can learn the tools to reconnect with you. That's what I would say. I mean, because technically, yes, what I teach, it's something outside. But my goal is to teach tools so that people can have that ultimate realignment with themselves. That's the true sovereignty within. Yeah. Not based on societal programming or belief systems or what their family or friends tell them they should or shouldn't do. Like you align with your truth. You have that inner certainty. From there, what are you going to do with it? Cool. You want to write a book? You want to start a charity? Like you want to start a movement? Like awesome. Do whatever you feel inspired to do from that place. I love that. Yeah. And I was completely disconnected. So was I. From my higher self when I Mm -hmm. was numbing out because I wasn't just numbing out from my feelings. I was numbing out from the world. I was completely numbed out. At first, what started out as I need to numb out from this physical pain. Then I realized, oh, wow, this is numbing out all the feelings that go along with it, too. So it's a bonus. When you numb out from, let's say, the negative feelings or the pain, you stop yourself from having access to all the positive things. And like for numb me, is numb. numb is numb. You don't get to pick what you're numb. And I had no <laughs> spiritual connection. Yeah. It was like the line was just cut off. Yeah. And I was actually trying to explain that to my dad the other day. I was like, no, there was no, it was like the telephone wire was cut off. As soon as I numbed out, it was like, there was no connection. What would you say to people like a tool or a tip Hmm. that you could give to somebody who doesn't feel connected to their higher self that they Mm -hmm. could do to connect Mm -hmm. to their higher self Okay, to be in more in alignment? Yeah. I'm going to give something that I teach others that's a simple sort of connection. It's a little bit of breathing visualization. Visualization is really powerful. And keeping in mind that, you know, this one thing doesn't help you just stay connected. You know what I mean? Like it's a lifestyle. It's a way of being as well, right? It's kind of how you show up in the world that keeps Mm -hmm. you into alignment, right? So I don't want to just say, oh, here's this quick, easy button to Mm -hmm. get into alignment with your higher self. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that being said, one of the things that like, if you are feeling that just sort of disconnected or you're like sensory overload, there's too many things, Uh right? You're like out of your body, all that, whatever that sensation is in that moment. This might look kind of funny, but I'll do it with a visualization as well. I visualize. So kind of remember how I said like our higher self, we see our higher self as outside of us, Mm -hmm. right? As you're sort of integrating it in, it can have this vision of as if it were bigger than you, right? And so I'm thinking, live my sweat. So if you put your, <laughs> this is going to be fun. If you put your hands above your head, like you're holding a bowl okay. above your head. So imagine that by doing that, you're holding the chin of what would be the next highest version of oh. you, like energetically, because we have chakras outside of our bodies, right? So it's kind of like we're aligning to a higher energetic frequency of those higher chakras. Yeah. Right. Chakras are energy centers that really just relate to higher states of consciousness. Yeah. So you just look like a <laughs> goddess when you're like, like, going that, to like that. and she went into your pose, <laughs> just a goddess pose. It's okay. like, the, it's like the lotus above the head. Yeah. Yeah. But if you imagine that, and then there's connection points, because if that head of the next highest version of you 
you have then your head like third eye, mm-hmm. right? Which is the sort of all seeing. That's where your true inspiration comes from, right? We think when we get an idea, it's not coming from like our brain. It's coming from that higher awareness. And so having that vision that you sort of tap into that, that sort of third eye of that higher version of you. And then by the time it comes down, what connects with your third eye mm-hmm. is the heart of then that higher version of you. Oh, I've never heard that before. And then coming down, a little bit of something that I created with this. So maybe somebody else has come up with it too. I don't know, right? Collective consciousness is collective consciousness, but I haven't read this one anywhere. So this is what I visualized when I was like, okay, how do I turn this into a strategy for people? Yeah, tool, like, right? what do, yeah like, like what, what do, do you do? do? What exactly. works for you? And a lot of what I teach, I kind of reformulate different tools and then kind of come up with my own. So I can say that a lot of what I teach isn't found really anywhere else. Is it shifting from things that I've kind of put together? Absolutely. Right. And so some teachings are the same. Like I still get fascinated where somebody's like, oh, they teach that in basic psychology. I'm like, really? That's cool. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But that's awesome because you've collected all of these tools Along the way of stuff that you've learned since you Some were of 25, is, but yeah. then stuff that you have used. Just sort of channeled through. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination. And that's where, like I said, it's, yes, some things that I've been educated or certified in. And then the things that I just sort of get and that sort of clear cognizant and clairvoyant side is like, it looks like this and teach it like this. And yeah. right. And then I just put those together. So. Yeah. Like I said, if somebody has seen it somewhere else, I'm like, awesome. Yeah. But I haven't studied a lot of books to then tell me what the name of it is. Or you know what I mean? If it is, I will always give credit. If, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I teach an expanded version. I call it the power pyramid. I've kind of taken an additional side to where the ego fits into what's called the drama triangle, which was developed by Dr. Kaplan. Right. So there's sort of those teaching that I've sort of expanded it. Right. Like I said, to kind of really include the ego, the higher ego and the lower ego. So things like that, I'll be like, yep, this is his work. You know what I mean? Like, I feel really strongly and a big part of I feel like the integrity of teaching is giving like if I've learned it from someone that I know that I'm like, I still want to honor where that teaching has come from. That shows your big heart that you truly do it out of a place of Mm -hmm. love and caring for everyone like to me Mm -hmm. because a lot of people aren't like that they're like Mm. try to take credit for stuff to make themselves look better yeah I see people especially you know on Instagram now and I'll see some quote that I'm like I know the person who said that yeah and then they put their name on it and they took their name off and I'm like why would you do that oh are you kidding I had my whole book my whole oh, entire book. No. Someone made copies of it and they were selling it for Shut $36 a book. And I'm like, well, I don't know if you're going to sell that one. Mine costs $16.95. <laughs> but you're like, you're trying a black moment. What? Yeah. Crazy what happens now. Oh, crazy, crazy. That's a whole book. A book. A whole book. And of course, wow. I had to, you know, I got it taken How care of. How did you of. find out? I'm curious. Like, I actually had my editor. Uh-huh. For the book, he sent me a picture. He goes, did you see this on Amazon? Like, he's really good about, like, he checks up on things how did away. How he even find that? And like, he, how do you... he found that. Then when I went to search for it, I found all kinds of stuff. Like, Amberly hats, Amberly Lago hats, mugs, tumblers, and all of that. And it was at that they point. They were poaching your merch? 
I don't even have that merch. That's what I mean. <laughs> I was like, like, I don't even have that. I was like, you guys, that's not my stuff. I don't know who's selling it, but it's not me. And wow. so I really had to make a decision. Do I, I had a couple of big things that happened and I won't get into, but yeah. I really made the decision of I can spend my time and energy yeah. going after that, or right. I can just keep moving forward and sharing my message of hope and inspiration and building more to give. Right. And so that's the what one I thing chose they can't to do. copy is your energy. Exactly. Like you are unique. And like, I'm such an advocate for, there's too many copies in this world. Mm -hmm. And if you're a copy, you will be a copy. You will hold the vibration of being a copy. Mm -hmm. You will never truly embody like you as the unique being. And I'm a believer that everybody is here to stand out and be that unique version of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody feels like they need to be that like copy, it's kind of like, ah, yeah, that like, it hurts. It kind of, you know, like the human side, like it gets yeah. your ego. You're just like, oh, like it gets you angry and frustrated. Got me, you know, like, and so I can't imagine what that would feel like for a whole book. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time, like no one's going to do it like you do it. It's not going to be the energy. That's what I try. Your voice. That's what I try to explain to my 11 year old. Right. I mean, still send out a cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still do that. Yeah. I got that down. Got that down. <laughs> But yeah, I try to explain that to my 11-year-old yeah. because she gets upset because people were copying the way she dressed yeah. and what she did at school and then even copying like all yeah. kinds of things. And I was trying to explain, but she doesn't really get the whole No, because it feels like somebody's jacking your uniqueness. You're like, I spent time like coming up with this creative thing and that's my energy and my, you know? Yeah, yeah. it feels like really weird. So of course, like we totally get it. Yeah. and. It's like, where do you want to put your energy into? Because mm-hmm. if you're the one who is coming up with those unique ideas, that means you're tapped into that higher consciousness, right? Because technically, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, right? When it's people that are like close to you and it's like, okay, they probably got it from you, you know? Yeah. But if you have that open channel to tapping into that higher collective consciousness where there is all information of anything ever, anytime and ever will be, mm-hmm. then you are that higher like that's your tap. Yeah. Not everybody yeah. has the tap. Hence the copiers don't have that tap. Mm-hmm. So if you're tapped in, then you'll come up with something else. Yeah. And then you'll always be reinventing and you'll always be producing new content. Like it's really important to me to bringing forth things that feel original, that are original, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, then if I am doing something that is similar or straight from somebody else, I will honor that person because mm-hmm. I'm like, I know they put time and they put energy into that. And I honor the energy of their uniqueness of putting that together. And that's how we tapping that through. That's how we grow together. I'm always big and let's yeah, give each other credit. You know, it's not really a big deal. It's like, what's the thing? You know, it's like, that's what I still haven't figured out about. That's ego. Okay. And like, but for what? Like because I'm always like, there's I a think for something. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's because if people admit that it wasn't their idea, then it makes them feel or look less than mm. less than. I don't know for sure, but I think, oh, like they're supposed to have all the ideas or yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have all the I ideas. 
But I know you have to be creative today, especially to keep up with, you know, you do digital marketing and stuff yeah. like that. And for me, it's just, you know, you have to be creative just to do a, a social media post, you yeah. know? And I feel like I can't be creative if mm-hmm. I don't do things to refuel myself, to tap into source, yeah. to have quiet time, yeah. to. And one of the things I do is I go out in nature mm, and I so feel good. like yes. I can connect yeah. in nature. Yeah. Is there a special place? I mean, I feel like nowadays you have to, you should be able to connect. Yeah, it's like living anywhere. in LA, it's, it's like just like hard to get out in nature, but. <laughs> It is, but even, I mean, it's so intense here. It's like, even just go to a park, even if you can just be barefoot for two minutes in a park, you know what I mean? You got a little bit of earth, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Is there a place that I go? To me, the beach is always, for me, it feels like different energy, right? I love it. I love nature. I would love to just lock myself in a cabin far, far away. Yeah. Yes. For like a weekend. It's like, yeah, let's get snowed in somewhere. That sounds like a great idea. I hear you. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, springtime, something like, right. But whenever I need to just like release the energy, the beach has negative ions that really are so beneficial for Mm -hmm. us. And so whenever I can go back there and just put my feet in the sand, I mean, it just makes me want to like, just feel like I want to just be covered with sand. Just like, let me roll in it. Um, I do the same thing. And actually when I can't make it to the beach, I have an app on my phone and I play the sound of the ocean. And so I visualize myself being there, even though I don't get the negative ions, I (laughs) can feel like I do that Mm -hmm. every night when I go to bed. That's powerful. That's what I do to shut the mind because just going, 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 going busy. It relaxes me. Yeah. I got to do chamomile tea and then some like oh I have a whole yeah. ritual I'm like the too. whole train oh. needs to like you're like that's like a freight train you're trying to slow down like let's take it one step at a time yes yeah I'm so happy to hear you say that because I do the same thing and yeah. then my husband will come in and I'll be all calm and he'll be all rowdy and okay. get Ruby all riled yeah. up fight and I'm like, like we're on two different oh, energy frequencies right I now. just yes I just yeah. calm myself down yeah I'm just, I'm not a big believer in, you know, do whatever you got to do. I just, for me, I really made that commitment since having my phase of drugs and alcohol. I'm like, I don't want to take a sleeping pill. I don't want to take medication. Part of, I feel like living a conscious lifestyle is as best as we can, Mm -hmm. right? What holistic ways can I find? You know, if I'm going to, you know, drink some chamomile tea, like that really does it. Like I'll double bag that and I'm like ready to pass out in like 20 minutes, you know? You don't need a lot. And so if we recondition ourselves to really doing the best for our body, Mm -hmm. you know, and this relationship that you have with your body and what you're putting in the body, you know, and then I'll kind of, I like doing, you know, frequency things and stuff like that. So like 432 Hertz is really a solid frequency that kind of helps realign our whole energy. My girlfriend does that. And I still learn more about that. Well, you do so much. You have a whole toolbox full Of tools between everything, even the hypnotherapy. Yeah, your, that's just one technique. Yeah, you have so many different yeah. ways of helping people. Well, I don't even like to say helping, really. I like mm. to say transforming their yeah. life. That's a good one. I really yeah. think you transform people's lives in every way, starting with themselves and then yeah. relationships with other yep. people. 
and you have different, like, I love that you do webinars and you yes. guys, she does a live stream every Tuesday. Yeah. Is it at seven o'clock on yeah. Tuesdays? Yeah, it's called Soul Circle. I've been doing yeah. that for over two years. It's like building like a little community and I want other people to get to know each other because when I was waking up, like there wasn't Instagram, there wasn't YouTube, you know, I'm dating myself a little bit, but <laughs> I'm 37 and I was waking up at like 25, like YouTube was just on the rise with yeah. that. And so I didn't have anybody to ask. I didn't have anybody to be like, explain this to me. Like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we cover relationships, self-love and relationships. We cover conscious living, spiritual awakening. Those are the three, you know, kind of top topics. And then, you know, those who choose to work with me beyond that, it's like, okay, here's sort of a little bit of like what's going on, you know? And then if you want to dive deeper and actually gain those tools for your life so that for you, first and foremost, so you can really be the conscious creator of your reality, your relationships. The first one is sort of the becoming your higher self, right? Or the highest version of yourself. Those are all, like I said, like those tangible, practical, like applicable tools, you know, mm -hmm. that you can be putting in every single day. And so there's that process. And then for those that really want to become a conscious leader and help others and sort of do a little bit of like what I do or being a coach or a practitioner or a mentor for others and sort of helping them and creating that, you know, we live in this, right, the digital marketing world and how yeah. you can be that positive voice, you know, that sort of conscious influencer that really wants to create a movement or have that positive message. Mm -hmm. And if you want to turn that into a business and what that looks like and really sort of have that confidence to be on camera or, on, you know, creating a podcast or something like that, whatever that is, then that's becoming a conscious leader. And we really develop your own program develop how your personal brand is going to be influencing for the positive in the world and what that's going to look like and how that's going to look. Eventually, I'm putting together the Conscious Love Coach and that's going to be love really, that. thank you. I'm excited about that. So they're going to be a certification. Get, yeah. People yeah. can get certified to do that. Full that on certification. incredible. Yeah. In some of the techniques that I've been certified in, but then also the ones that I've personally developed and just how to sort of take someone through a really powerful transformation from beginning to end. That is you know, amazing. What to do on the calls, what to do when somebody is, you know, having a breakdown, you know, that was some of honestly what came up for me. It's like, okay, what do I do if somebody's in breakdown, uh -huh. you know, and how yeah. do you know where to go? And there's so many different ways to actually guide someone through that in a really, really powerful way. Yeah. So being able to teach that, that's what I'm currently developing. So It'll be available. That's shortly. amazing. And well, then the book and then right. Oh, you've got yeah, the book. <laughs> That's next year. The book. The book. You guys heard it here first. The book yep. will be coming yep. next year. The book will be coming. And then we'll have you back on and we'll That'd talk about the book. Yeah. So tell us the best way for people to yes. reach out to you. I've told them where they can follow you and get yeah. a little taste of your just goddess spiritual oh, badass right self. <laughs> But how can, if they really want to jump in and yes. do some healing and transformation, yeah. how can they reach Absolutely. You? So always you can find me on Instagram. I love connecting with people there, but through that link, either find my Instagram, which is Sarah, S-E-R-A-H. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That you're telling people S-E-R-A-H-D-L-A-I-N-E, <laughs> -E, or they can find me through the hashtag, the conscious lifestylist. So okay. I've put a lot. Some people have been using that hashtag as well. And that's okay. That's cool. But the majority of my stuff is there. So if you search that hashtag, most likely you'll find my page. And from there, you know, you can go straight to the website from the link in the bio. 
And I would say just, you know, I'm really inspired to work with the people that are really to dive in deeper into the subconscious, right? Like maybe they've watched a lot of the videos, they've read a lot of the books, they've done yoga, they've done meditations, and they sort of feel like there's still something missing or they want something a little bit different or deeper than sort of traditional therapy. And so that's where I feel like, you know, we're really diving into like underneath the iceberg. And so there's an application there. And so if that's where somebody is like, okay, I've done all these things, but something's not quite hitting or something's still missing, that's when our work and our adventure really begins. So there's an application there for both, for either becoming their higher self or becoming a conscious leader. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Or the fuck out of here. Oh, I love you. Even though we had some technical difficulties in the middle, you're so sweet. You like helped get things together. You are. You gotta do that. This is like, I just, I love you. You are the best. Thank you (laughs) so much for all that you do, all that you share. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your love. I love you, girl. I love you so much. Thanks so much for joining us this week on True Grit and Grace podcast. If you like it, please rate it or share it with your friends. That would help too. If you're not yet on the newsletter list, come over to AmberlyLago.com and jump on it. While you're there, you can grab a free downloadable gratitude journal and you might just want to check out my book or even check out my monthly motivational membership. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week.